0: Welcome in, Traveler. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Fantasy Football RPG Podcast. It's time to level up in fantasy football.
1: RPG Nation, back in the building. Welcome to the Fantasy Football RPG Podcast, episode 39. 39, what a milestone. But seriously, that's a lot of episodes. Who would have thunk it when Evan, Eric, and I first decided to start this podcast? I guess we never considered when it would end, per se. Looking back, I uh, remember... Most of these, Uh, well, some of these, but (laughs) uh, happy to have you guys back with us for this one, continuing through our division town, I guess. I guess that's what it is. I think division tour is what I put as the episode titles. It feels a little classier, right? Going on tour. But insiders would know if you actually listen to the episode that it's called Division Town, and no one knows why, even me, the one that said it. So we're going to go and continue our tour through Division Town and uh, hit you with another division. I think on the fly, as we were doing this, I think we basically decided we would start with the NFC because we did two in a row, and we're just going to go ahead and finish it for you guys, this time taking it to the NFC North where we will talk about the Chicago Bears, the Detroit Lions, Green Bay Packers, and the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> this is looking a little spicier. Uh, a little more excited to talk about this division than uh, the previous two. The the one shining light of hope was uh, talking about the Hawks last week. That was awesome. And that was all with Eric. But this week, we are going to swap it up uh, because to be honest, we couldn't take the risk of Eric being able to talk about the Chicago bears at any length on this podcast. So Evan is stepping in this week and Eric is on the bench and Evan and I will go through the NFC North and talk about how we feel about these guys. Uh, give the whole rundown, the whole dang thing. Well, as always, thank you so much for listening. And enjoy that fat Spotify for podcasters ad and also the podcast.
0: decided to try and get me to get into pickleball with her and so that's what we were just <laughs> doing we're getting smoked by a bunch of old people like absolutely just worked
1: oh my god yeah i mean yeah. it's your first time ever going right uh second but yeah okay okay dang man that's brutal yep so they are they're pretty good
0: pretty pretty good
1: you gonna go in for a rematch
0: oh heck yeah i mean yeah i gotta i gotta get better and you know be able to put those old people to school
1: do they have so. a team name no do you guys have no, a team it's name a,
0: it's no it's at a it's at a church yeah it, it's just at a church it's like free play um
1: so so are you thinking about like joining the competitive scene at all bro with what time <laughs> yeah that's true you you th- you ever think about this maybe this should like make an eighth day <laughs> sure
0: yeah yeah, Americans just get a three day weekend. That sounds great.
1: That sounds nice, right? Uh yeah. I if I'm president, that's my one thing I'm gonna run on is I will make an eighth day.
0: Yeah, just completely screw with the entire calendar. <laughs> like
1: Yeah, and it'll just be for America. <clears throat> yeah, just for America.
0: <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. I mean, we we already we already just have, you know, American units, AK,
1: English units. I mean, yeah, it's just one more step in that direction, right? Well, if I had an eighth day, I would spend it talking about football more, uh, which is, I guess, what we're going to do tonight. Although, I don't have really any, like, football talk to really talk. I If you want to talk about the gambling thing, we can. It's not super, you know, dynasty relevant, but we can get into it. Other than that, I don't know if you caught anything worthy. Like, that's not just OTA buzz and... A lot of nothing because that's kind of what I was seeing.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's basically basically just all OTA buzz, but on side football, football adjacent type stuff. Okay, I'll I'll allow it. Okay, all right. So uh, last Wednesday, I got a call from a recruiter for the Titans.
1: Oh yeah, dude, I saw that. You have to you have to tell me all about this.
0: Yeah, man. So uh, I got an email, and then I got a follow up call, and he's just like hey, like, are you passively or actively looking for a job? Like, we want to bring you in for an interview for the construction team for the Titans. So we'll see. I, I haven't heard back on an interview date or anything. Um, but I was like, yeah, I'm passively looking for a job. Sure. I mean, always open if you want to just like throw a bag at me. Like, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll talk yeah. to you.
1: Oh, so. dude, that's awesome. So is this like a, is this a like company that builds stadiums?
0: It's a general construction company, but they do specialize in
1: okay. stadium
0: infrastructure. So, so
1: dude, it, it's getting into like the stadium building game. How cool would that be?
0: It would be interesting. So I That'd definitely, sweet. Am, I'm, I'm intrigued.
1: I'll say that. For sure. Okay. Well, yeah, keep keep us in the loop on that. That's, that's super exciting. Yep.
0: So like I said, football adjacent news.
1: No, that's awesome. I can't wait until you get the... Uh, You'll get like the family pass, family and friends pass to every stadium you build is what I'm picturing. So can't wait to go to some some free games with you.
0: Well, man, we, we were already, I was already on the permitting side for the soccer stadium here in town. And oh, we got yeah. to go, we got to go in and, and see the stadium before it was open to anybody in the public. We
1: get to go walk on the field. Like oh, it was sick. a pretty,
0: pretty cool experience. And it was just for people that were involved in being able to build the stadium.
1: That's very cool. That's awesome. All right. Well, I guess. I mean, yeah, without further ado, do you just kind of want to launch into this this division? Yeah, I I was really scouring trying to find something else to talk about, but it's just so much so much nothing out there right now. Yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty barren. Guys that are obviously garbage getting these like t- wild like takes with the eyeballs. It's like, oh, look at this catch. It's like there's no pads, guys. <laughs> what are we talking about?
0: Well, what was the crazy thing? Like DPJ caught like 17 touchdowns today or something like that.
1: (laughs) That sounds right. Yeah, I think it was something double digits, right? Like
0: crazy. Yeah, it was like 496 yards for like 17 (laughs) touchdowns
1: or something. All right. Go and trade for DPJ. It's in two Uh, seconds. Unofficial
0: (laughs) advice. (laughs) Do not take that as actual (laughs) actual
1: advice. Yeah, that's good. You should put more disclaimers on things that, that we say. Maybe we can get a disclaimer button.
0: We need a disclaimer for just everything that comes out of Eric's mouth.
1: Yeah, I was thinking of like including that in the intro of the show. Like the very last thing is there's some sort of disclaimer saying, please discount everything that Eric says. He does not know what he's talking about and he gets really crazy. (laughs) All right. Well, speaking of Eric, uh, first on the list of tackle here, we're going through the illustrious NFC North here and uh, Chicago Bears. Bear down. First on the list. Look, I mean, fantasy football wise, dynasty football wise, I think it's pretty clear the that fields is the centerpiece to this kind of this whole equation right now. Um, and you know, he is a guy that I think we agree he has a chance with his rushing ability to break into like the big elite tier of that first tier of QBs that go in in startups. Um, I don't think he's quite there yet. Or has he eclipsed that for you? Are you taking him within the top eight?
0: No, no, not in the top eight. I mean, probably back in first round. I mean, maybe picks 10 to 12 range.
1: Yeah, I agree. uh,
0: If you want to get spicy on it.
1: I started a a new league today, actually, that is now drafting, I think, in the second round. And Fields went 108, which was interesting to me. Lawrence dropped to 110, which I think was kind of wild. 100%. Give me Trevor Lawrence over Justin Fields. I, I think I'm with you. I was surprised to see that. I actually traded. That was my pick. I traded out of the 108. Uh, and I got the five twelve, and I moved up a couple spots in the fourth. So I, I, I think I'm actually going to redouble your efforts here and I'm going to put together my old, old man squad, uh, in RPG paladins too. So I think that might be the strategy I go forward with and it's much l- lower stakes, obviously, but we'll see how it goes.
0: Dude, I, I just saw the league and I was like, you know what, what the heck? Like, w- yeah. why not? Yeah, I had the money just sitting there in League safe from last year from the winnings from leagues, and I was like, it's burning a hole in my pocket. Why not? No, I'm excited yeah.
1: to see that whole saga unfold for sure. I listened back on the episode we recorded where you talked about that, and I was I was pressuring you really hard <laughs> to do it. So I'm glad that you took my my bad good advice. Hey, it'll be good advice if you win. So yeah, we'll we'll see how it works out. Uh, but getting back to the Bears, uh, so Fields obviously. You love his rushing, scared a little bit about durability with all of that rushing. And but but he does get DJ Moore, which is a nice upgrade. DJ Moore's a, a really, really good wide receiver. So that's that's great. Um, I think that overall the DJ Moore move to the Bears do you view it as more of a lateral move or do you view it as a, a slight upgrade over Carolina? Because I do feel like Carolina was kind of the pit. Like I feel like he at least climbed out a little bit from there. But but what do you think?
0: I mean, who would you say was the best quarterback that he had so far throwing him the ball in Carolina? Like,
1: Well, I guess here's a good question. Would you rather have had him stay and link up with Bryce Young, or do you like him on the Bears more?
0: I don't think that we can say that he would have linked up with Bryce Young because, I mean, they don't probably get the deal done if they don't include him. That's true. That's
1: true. Okay. That's, that's definitely fair. Yeah, I, and I guess any other QB you'd kind of say a similar thing. Like where would they have even picked from at that point? So yeah. Yeah, I guess that's true. OK, well, one of the more befuddling things about the Bears is their backfield. I want to know what you're feeling on Roshan Johnson right now as a guy that could come in there and maybe take the job because Khalil Herbert is there. Donta Foreman is there. There's a lot of people saying that Roshan Johnson is better than both of them. And I kind of tend to agree in terms of his potential. But beating out two vets, I mean that's also a hurdle. So, do you have any of these guys pegged for that RB one like workhorse role, or even just taking most of the snaps, or is this gonna be pretty split?
0: No, I think it's one hundred percent gonna be a three-headed backfield, and yeah. I think it's gonna be very clear that no running back is gonna get more than fifty percent of the snaps. Gotcha. Like I, I don't, I don't see any of the three of them eclipsing fifty percent consistently. Maybe you'll have a game or two where one of the three is a little banged up and they don't get as many snaps, so the other two cannibalize it. Um, but I mean, Vergeon coming out of coming out of Texas was kind of your do it all type of type of player. He was the kind of guy that you look at and you're just like, okay, like he is going to do a little bit of everything for me. He is a pro. When you look at him and you see the tape, he does the pass blocking. He's not afraid to, start, to stick his head in there, um, so I think that's going to lend itself pretty well to getting on the field early. But Foreman, I think, is probably the easiest plug and play uh, at the beginning of the season.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely feel that. Uh, do you is Roshan a guy on your radar, like in the middle second round at all?
0: Sure. Yeah, I mean, if you can get him in the middle second, but he's been going, in my opinion, higher than that from what I've seen.
1: Yep. I, I snagged him two Oh five in the draft a couple of nights ago. And I was pretty excited about that. I actually, if we have time later, I want to go through, I think I had a pretty decent draft in uh, one of my bigger money leagues. And uh, yeah, I managed to grab like one of every position and then a couple extras. Uh, so yeah. Um, but anyway, getting back to those bears, it's, it's easy to trail off on the bears because it really is just fields. I feel like as the black hole, kind of pulling everything together and making it interesting and everything else is just like, so meh. like DJ Moore, I, I am excited for him. I think he could be good, but you know, at the end of the day, it's going to rest on fields, chucking the ball and not running. And we just, we haven't seen the chucking yet. Um, Which brings me to chase Claypool. Is there any pulse there at all? Cause Mooney is kind of the clear wide receiver too. I would say uh, but Claypool did have like a great rookie season. It, it kind of seems like he dropped off after that. But is is he do you think he's going to be anything on kind of an already weak passing offense?
0: Yeah. So you said the key thing right there, Corey, is it's a weak passing offense. It's an offense that's going to rely on Justin Fields making things happen, running the ball. Maybe the offensive scheme changes. Um, maybe they say Fields, hey, we're going to try and drop you back and see what you can do passing and play the Jalen Hurts type of situation where they're going to put him back there. They're going to say, throw the ball and just see what he can do so that they know what they have going into next year. And if they want to draft a new quarterback, then they have the ammo and they have you know additional picks to be able to go and do something like that. So they have the flexibility uh, if they decide after the season Fields isn't their guy. But what I'll say is I actually think that Chase Claypool is the very clear fourth receiving option Ooh. behind Cole Komet. I I like that.
1: That 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 makes sense to me.
0: Yeah, I, I want no I want nothing to do with Claypool because I, I think he's 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 gonna get like 60 targets this year.
1: So no uh Robert Tunyon uh faith at all for him to yeah. eat in huh? no <laughs> yeah no no Robert Tunyon faith
0: maybe a touchdown maybe a touchdown when they're in uh two tight end sets down at the goal line
1: mm-hmm Yep, I like him for a, a touchdown or two, just like that this season. But yeah, Comet over Tunyon is is pretty obvious. Um, I do really like just looking at Roshan Johnson again. I, I, you know, me and my Josh Jacobs best comparable to Josh Jacobs on Player Profiler. I love to see it. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So I, I mean, is there much else here? There's there's the other uh, Saint Brown equinemius. He he's there, but again, weak passing offense. There's really just nothing else to talk about um what is the who's the backup quarterback actually to to fields pj walker okay so yeah, so you never mind even like you don't even you don't even want that guy
0: well, well pj walker is like a, a clone of a much lesser version of justin fields
1: it, really like a clone that it was ex, like experimental still they didn't quite like perfect the cloning process and so he just came out a little wrong okay uh Well, yeah, I mean, we can move on. I I feel really, honestly, like very lucky right now that we evaded Eric talking for the next 30 to 45 minutes about the Bears when there's really just nothing more to talk about. I mean, their their O-line gets a little better cool but it doesn't change the overall equation here, which is can we trust fields like feeding the ball to wide receivers? We I don't think we can. We haven't seen it yet. Um And it's very likely he just uses his legs.
0: If, if I said over under fields rushing yards this year, 1090.
1: I mean, that's a really, did you get that bit from Vegas? Is that a real line? No, I just pulled it out. That's a great line. Um, Cause that seems so, do, that seems doable. It's absurd, right? It's an absurd number, but for him, like it seems doable. As long as he stays healthy, he should hit that, uh, which is crazy. And that's that's awesome for fantasy and dynasty, but you know it just it makes me so scared for him, man. That's a lot of putting your body out there for sure. But okay, yeah, I like I said, man. Even the tight ends are dead here. There's really nothing more to talk about. PJ Walker, cool.
0: So while you said about Vegas, I was just pulling it up, and on DraftKings right now, Justin Fields has the thirteenth highest. odds for most rushing yards in the nfl next
1: year dude i mean that's absurd that's wild
0: a quarterback
1: jeez man well i have to imagine the or the top 12 all running backs except maybe lamar
0: no the top 12 were all running backs
1: yeah okay cool very cool (laughs) very cool all right for sure (laughs) that's insane all right all right yeah, that's that's crazy. Cool. Yeah, like I said, I feel like there should be more here, but there's really just not, at least for me. Sorry, Eric. You snooze, you lose, as I say. Uh but okay, let's get to a a more interesting team, in my opinion, uh, with the Detroit Lions. Because I mean, this is a team that's just done it all so well over the last few years. Um, really like scraping out from the bottom of the barrel to suddenly become this like new version of themselves that's just it's very exciting they they vastly improved their o-line they put goff in the middle of it actually has some protection to operate and then they the the awakening of on raw like it's it's very exciting stuff but i guess the running back room is the most interesting thing to talk about just off the bat because the Lions just <laughs> spent a uh 12th overall draft pick on jabir gibbs um, when they already paid David Montgomery a pretty good amount of money for a running back to be their guy for the next three, four years, I think. So I guess the question is, do you think Monty is going to be the lead back still? Do you think he's going to get the majority of the carries?
0: Majority of the carries? Sure. Uh, majority of the snaps? No.
1: Yeah. Touches?
0: Ooh. No. I think, I think Gibbs is going to have more touches
1: okay okay uh so i know this is like a difficult thing to predict right now but just off the off the top of your dome who do you think is going to have more fantasy points
0: gibson ppr 100 percent because he's going to have the ppr receptions i mean there's there's already plenty of talk of him being used in this slot as a as a wide receiver to start the year while um while williams is uh well, JMO is is out. Like, yeah, if that's already already the talk right now, like, what, what do you expect? And, I mean, you think about it, outside of, at wide receiver, I mean, Marvin Jones Jr., meh. Josh Reynolds, woof. I mean, Samuel Port is probably going to get used at tight end. Yeah. To catch some passes, try and take over the middle of the field a little bit. But, I mean, just think of Jameer Gibbs running a quick out route from the slot. Like, that's five yards and be able to turn it upfield.
1: Yeah. I mean, that, that, it definitely seems like it's headed that way. That, that six weeks, especially. But if he, if he does well enough, why would they stop doing it? I remember when the, uh, what was it? David Johnson was like that last revelant, like really, really good guy that they could just line up in the slot like that and he went nuts. Like, that's, that's the level that it could end up being. I like Sam Laporta too. Are, are you are you a Sam Laporta guy?
0: I mean, there's been plenty of hype over Sam Laporta. Uh, I liked watching him when he was playing at Iowa. I think the hype is a little out of control on almost all of these rookie tight ends right now. I mean, I think we were, I, I, I don't know if we were looking at it, but I know I was looking at KTC and I think um, Don Kincaid made it up to like tight end eight or something crazy mm-hmm. like that. And yeah. it's just like Bro, like, what, what are we doing right now to elevate these guys? Like, you, you need to take everything with a rookie tight end and just expect nothing out of them the first year. And then anything you get out of them the first year is just cake. Like, it's just additional cake. It's right there. Yeah, here we go. I'm pulling it up right now. Samuel Portas ranked as tight end ten. Michael Mayer tight end nine. Dalton Kincaid tight ends. Are you being serious? Like, it, 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 looking at it, yeah. As of as of June six, like that's that's what KTC has them ranked
1: right now. That's like, crazy. That,
0: absolutely insanity. Yeah, you're you're telling you're telling me that Dalton Kincaid is more valuable than Dallas Goddard and Pat Fryerme. Wow. And you're, you're and you're telling me that both. Michael Mayer, and Sam Porta are more valuable than Darren Waller, Chigo Conqua, Greg Dolchich, David Njoku, Evan Ingram, oh, Colton Dalton
1: Schultz. KTC is starting to put, I mean, I guess they always have been like this and heading in this direction, but it's it's so much age emphasis, it feels like.
0: It is. It really is. Huh. Well, and I mean, we worked a couple of weeks ago, and JSN was up to like wide receiver eight or something insane like that.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, uh, they had him in in value. I think he's valued higher than Dak Prescott in Superflex. Yeah, which... which is just like <laughs> insane. It's crazy.
0: He capped out, capped out at wide receiver ten for Jackson.
1: That's but still, still that's I mean, that, still that's crazy still
0: insanity. Insanity.
1: That's crazy. I'm the I'm the Hawks Homer, right? That's crazy. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, well, overhyped tight ends aside, I do agree with you there. I like Sam Laporta before I haven't been doing a lot of rookie drafts lately. So these are all way higher uh than what I was seeing. Um and I was kinda sad I wasn't getting Sam Laporta, but you know, if if he's going way higher now, that definitely hurts things. Well, there's another thing that I guess I'll go back to to talk about in terms of the wide receiver core, it is very, very weak. But Amon Ra is very, very good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's very clearly the best. I mean, I think I would go as far as saying he's the best offensive player on the team.
1: Yeah. Uh real life wide receiver, like, do you view him as like a top eight talent in the league?
0: Uh, if we're looking at this year, no. Like this year alone, no. Okay. Still, I mean. Yeah, there's there's too many of the older tier guys that I, I still want over him. Like, very clearly, give me Tay Adams. Like, very clearly, give me Tyreek. Very clearly, I would say, give me Garrett Wilson over him personally. I think Garrett Wilson's about to have a 170, 160, 170 target year. Mm. Give, me Coop, give me Cooper Cup over him. Give me Stephon Diggs over him, A.J. Brown. C.D. Lamb, Chase Jefferson. I, I don't think he's quite there. I I think you can have a conversation about it, but I don't think he's quite there.
1: Yeah, I I hear you. Um, I do think he's more like in that top twelve and near the end of that top twelve for me. Um, so that that makes sense to me too. I I really do think he flashes though. Um, and we'll see what he can do this year. I maybe he shuts me up this year and really shows it, but. I mean, I'm expecting a ton of targets for him with that deficit in wide receiver help for them, especially for those first six games. It'll uh, it'll be cool to see if so, because he he could like he could end up being like a top three wide receiver just performing wise without J-Mo there if he's just getting all the targets. Yeah, I mean, Saint Brandon had 146 targets last year. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, you know who you know who had the second most and how many it was, DeAndre Swift at seventy targets. Wow!
1: Yeah, that's kind of wild.
0: So once, once again, just proven to me that they use running backs out of the backfield, which all the more reason tells me that Jameer Gibbs is going to be the next
1: Austin Eckler. Ooh, ooh, I like it. Okay, uh, great. Then I, there's only one other thing I had on here. It was what? What are your thoughts on? Goff getting extended or like the Lions planning for Hendon Hooker to actually be the future? What do you think is is more likely?
0: No, golf extension. Mm -hmm. I think there's not even a conversation to be had on that, personally.
1: Do you think there's any uh, are, are the odds improved at rather than going with Hendon, they don't extend Goff and they go find another QB? No you think think it's going to be they're going to
0: they're going to stick with cough.
1: okay yeah i I actually i agree with you there so i actually got some pushback on that from i think eric so never mind doesn't really count (laughs) uh i
0: i I think they drafted hendon hooker to be a backup for the future
1: he's gonna be an awesome backup
0: he would be a great backup like i
1: love hendon hooker as a backup in the nfl yeah, I mean he could absolutely take a Geno Smith career path too, where he just sits and sits and sits and sits. One day he gets a shot somewhere and he doesn't. That could totally happen too.
0: Or a case Keenum. Totally. Or a Josh yeah. McCown. Like Josh McCown,
1: maybe. man, the GOAT. So good. <laughs> uh where's he at now? I feel like he's on a staff of some kind. Is he on the Panthers? Josh McCown? He... He was a
0: QB coach. Um, Yeah, that's... I don't know if he's on the Panthers, though. I should know, because I love that coaching staff.
1: He he is the quarterback's coach for the Carolina Panthers.
0: There we go.
1: There we go. Yeah, so yeah, there you go. Uh, All right, well, beyond that... um...
0: Did they do enough? Did the Lions do enough to upgrade this defense?
1: That's a good question um my inclination is to say no because i think even with the pieces they got um they're they still have a very young defense it feels like and i'm just i'm not sure they're going to take the step this year um i, I that's just kind of my raw take on it but what what do you think do you i mean you i think know these guys a little better so if you have a differing opinion
0: yeah, no, I mean, I'm I'm with you there, Corey. Like, I, I do not think that they did enough
1: to improve
0: this defense. I mean, overall, I think they were the 29th ranked defense um, based off of points against last year. So yeah. that should kind of say a lot. And I think they were tied, if I remember correctly, um, they, they, near they can the move, bottom.
1: They could move like 10 spots up that list, and they're still a bad defense.
0: Yeah, I mean they—they they, look. All they need to be is a middle of the road defense. If that defense gives up twenty-one points a week, yeah, they—they they are likely making the playoffs. They are likely going
1: nine and eight, probably a tie in there, knowing their luck. <laughs> yeah, right. I think that does it for the most part for the Lions. Excited for Amon Ra. Excited for Gibbs. Goff, I think if you have him on your dynasty team, I'm agreed with you, Evan. That's I think he'll be a lion, and you feel pretty good about that for foreseeable future. Uh, especially because I think at his lowest, you could have gotten him cheap enough where he's like your QB three. That that feels great. But let's go ahead and and move along here. And it's not as exciting as talking about the the lion. So I'm I'm like struggling to get to the next topic here because it's tough to take in a a dip dip your toe into the green bay packers pool it's kind of like green and fetid and you don't really want to want to swim in there for too long because there might be parasites Uh, because we really just don't know what jordan love is man like that's my main worry and he could be a colossal bust and that makes everything around him rot probably except for aaron jones but still kind of aaron jones so it sucks checking up on you though because I think I'm being pretty obvious about where I'm where I'm at with love. I I I'm very on the side of I I think he's probably not very good. Um, but do you have any hope? Is there any hope left in your heart?
0: Yeah, I mean, there's hope. I mean, do I think he could be a league average NFL quarterback? Sure. Do I think he's going to become a star, like the Packers just magically have a way of doing? No, I I don't think that they're gonna get there. So I, I think it's also going to be a rather weanier, weaning um, re- on the, the run game, a weanier for the passing game, um, which leads me to a question that I have for you, Corey, is will Christian Watson lead this team in targets? And then separate question, will he lead the team in receiving yards?
1: I almost, oh man, it really depends on how they use him, but I kind of almost like Aaron Jones as a dark horse to lead one of those, maybe receiving yards. The checkdowns could be real too. It could be Aaron Jones for both. Uh, Christian Watson, I feel like, is just such a splash guy. I don't know if he could be fed that many targets. So I, I'm definitely reluctant to say him. Um, I, I don't think it'll be him in, in either category. But I, I would lean yards, the targets, for sure.
0: All right, so it's going to be a different offense. Obviously, Rodgers isn't there anymore. But when we look at last year's numbers, Alan Lazard, a hundred targets. He's gone. Aaron Jones, 72 targets. Romeo Dobbs, 67 targets. Still there. Robert Tunyon, 67 targets. He's gone. Christian Watson, 66 targets. Yeah. All right. So we have, you know, just in those top five guys, we have 167 vacated targets, that 167 probably gets redistributed down to 130, give or take, with a with a new quarterback in there, them seeing what Love can do. So you have 130 targets to kind of spread out. So you may maybe onto something there with Aaron Jones, Corey.
1: Yeah, I, I do feel pretty good about that. I mean, I, I've been saying Aaron Jones is one of those guys, those old crusty guys, that if you want to go win, you can get him cheap, man. He, he's one of those guys for sure.
0: You know who also is one of those guys? Dalvin Cook.
1: Yeah, man. Dalvin Cook. I mean, we're about to talk about him in a second. Uh, there's a couple more Packers notes here, but I definitely want to talk about Cook with you a little later because, dude, I saw straight up Kid Pot for uh, like competing second round pick. It's, it's wild to me. I couldn't believe it. Yeah.
0: Pe- pe- I mean, people are completely out. One, they don't know what offense he's going to be in. Two, all the reports are saying that everybody in Minnesota believes that Madison's a three down back. So if you really believe that and Dalvin cook gets cut, well, let's start looking around the NFL landscape. Where's he going to go? I mean, there's been plenty of ties to Miami. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure. That'd be a lot of fun. And yeah, he probably retains his value because it's a high scoring offense as well. But Minnesota's a pretty high scoring offense. And his values next to nothing right now.
1: I would love, and I think I said this months ago, I would still love for him to find his way onto the bills. Get some, get a co- some a cook double and cook cooks there. Field. Yep. Cook and yeah. cook, baby. I, I think that that has some like sneaky credit to it, just based on the fact that if he's going to take like, obviously less money here because it's a starving market. Um, maybe he takes less money and he goes and plays with his brother. It would also be cool. I mean, that'd be the best running back that the Bills have had in a while. And yeah, that'd be, that'd be exciting to see. That
0: it would. Hey, are the Packers the worst team in this division? Yeah. Do <laughs> you think they're worse than Chicago?
1: I I mean, Love is just such, the, it's, he's such a big question mark, dude. And they, it's not like they have like a great defense. It, I don't even know if they have a good defense. I think they kind of have a mid defense, and so they have a mid defense and a question mark QB. Um, I just can't bet on it. I can't. I can't say that they're going to be better than a guy that Vegas is predicting. Well, not Vegas, I guess, but could easily have over a thousand rushing yards and and win games and put the Bears on his back. I don't know. I uh, I don't know. It's. I think that the Bears have an overall like better like offensive like. Firepower, weaponry, situation than the Packers do, and I don't think it's super close. So I think that's huge. It'll be okay. interesting. I mean, what what do you think? Do you think it's the Bears still? I still think it's the Bears. How wide the how the how wide the margin is though? It's skinny. Yeah. Okay. It, okay. It's it's
0: skinny. It's much skinnier than it used to be. But yeah, I mean, you 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 start looking at the the offensive skill position players. For the Packers, and like you have experience at running back, and then outside of that, it's just a bunch of youth. Musgrave, Craft at tight end. I mean, you have Deguara, but it's a
1: crazy yeah. young team, dude. There's no old like offensive pieces there of relevance other than Aaron Jones.
0: Yeah, the offensive line is old, and that's about yeah. it. Like you have a veteran offensive line with a bunch of young skill position players. And then you have Aaron Jones and Aaron, uh, AJ Dillon, at running. back. So you have experienced running back, you have experienced offensive linemen. So why would you not absolutely just pound the rock this year? Like everything inside of me is just telling me that they're just going to run them into the ground. I mean, we're talking about a team that had 450 ish rushing attempts last year. I think they could eclipse 500 rushing
1: attempts this year. Seems super like I mean that when you put it like that, that seems super likely. Because yeah, I the it seems like all the signs are pointing up to the rushing attempts for sure, for all the reasons that you listed. Um, I mean, I guess that answers a question that I had on here because it, it had to do with AJ Dillon. Um, because he seemed like such a like people were really panic selling uh Aaron Jones this time last year, because it was AJ Dillon time. Everyone thought that he was basically going to eat the work and be like the dude there didn't end up happening for, you know, variety of reasons, but based on like kind of what you have to go and get for him, which I don't think is a lot, but I also don't think many people are selling him. Like, is he, is he a guy on your radar at all? I, I feel like I can never feel good starting AJ Dillon. Like, that just feels bad. Yeah,
0: I mean, especially with the restructure of Aaron Jones's contract and basically making him uncuttable next season. Like, it seems pretty obvious that Aaron Jones is going to be a Packer next season as well. So, with that being the case, like, AJ is going to have to either find a new home or he's just going to be relegated to backup duty, which if they have 500 carries, I mean – could still be a 200 carry role i mean it, it's possible he had 186 carries last year the issue for me is the yards per attempt like he just didn't yeah. look explosive last year like we're talking yep. four yards in attempt like it's pedestrian numbers i mean you want to see guys in the high fours you want to see like four eight four nine five So you talk about Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones had five point three yards per attempt last season. Mm -hmm. Just the much more explosive running back.
1: Yeah, man, it's going to be Aaron Jones, like you said, for the next two years. And if that offense does click, great. And if not, I mean, still pretty good for Aaron Jones because he's he's going to be in my like. I think I'm set on that now. It took me a while to get there, but he's he's going to be the dude. That's going to be the focal point guy, I think, on that offense. Alright, well other than that, I, I mean I think we pretty much oh um I mean Jaden Reed <laughs> is is that anything? Uh he he's probably gonna be set up to be wide receiver too if he if he beats out dubs, who I think he might be better than, but who knows? I mean, is, is that worth anything? <laughs>
0: I mean, I think it's another low passing offense, which you know, it just sucks. Like and maybe, maybe it's completely wrong. Maybe maybe my theory on it is completely wrong. But I mean, we're talking about a complete dichotomy of a flip in this division. You have Jefferson and Kirk Cousins and the Vikings who are gonna throw the ball a ton. You're gonna have Justin Fields and the Bears, who are going to run the ball a ton. You have the Packers, who most likely are going to run the ball a ton. So, I mean, you just look at the fact that Aaron Rodgers had 542 attempts last year. Like, if Rodgers had 542 attempts, there ain't no way Jordan Love is having 542 attempts. It's not happening. So if you have a 50-50 offense or a 45-55 skewed towards the run game, like it's just hard to feel like any of these wide receivers really set themselves apart from the rest of them and from the the dynasty fantasy landscape. You know, Kristen Watson was one of those wide receivers that I was wholesale trying to get rid of this offseason because people were giving you a 24 first and second for him. Like, why would you not capitalize on that? He's a guy that you probably spent an early second round pick on last year. And now you can flip him for two years, theoretically from his draft, two years down the road, a first and a second. You recoup your second and you just move back two years and then you get a first
1: from it. Wow. Yeah, that's that's the art of the deal. So, I mean, that's a mathematical equation. When you really look
0: at it, I mean, you know, Corey, I'm, I'm with you here. Like, the tight ends have a lot of growth to do. They're rookies. they're, probably and they're gonna run a lot of, And they're tight ends. They're probably going to run a lot of two tight end sets. I mean, I would expect Musgrave to be split off the line and use him as a, a big blocker, you know, kind of as an offline tight end. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to have Tucker Craft probably in line or Deguara in line as a blocking tight end. It's just gonna be what it is, and then you have a veteran offensive line. Like I said, it just seems like a recipe for these wide receivers just underperforming for what fantasy managers are expecting and wanting.
1: This could be a bad team, man. This could be a really bad team if Love is, if Love isn't mediocre, if he's just bad, which, you know, I think the most likely case is that he's like a like a lowish mid but still a mid right but if he he could still be bad that's within the realm of possibilities and if he is oh boy like <laughs> this team could stink really badly that's kind of why i put them in the probability of being worse than the bears i think ultimately is their probability to to suck like greatly is just is it's too much it's it's just it's too much okay well yeah, that made me sad. We're kind of going through a wave here because I was a little sad talking about the Bears. Then I got really happy talking about the Lions. And then I got sad talking about the Packers. Um, And now I'm going to get a little more happy talking about the Vikings uh, because there's, there's good stuff to talk about. And this is a better team. At least it's a more fun team. Kirk Cousins, man. <laughs> if they just had Kirk Cousins Plus, like if they just had the subscription version of Kirk Cousins, then this could be a really, really good team. But uh, they had so many like close wins last season that I just I don't know, dude, <laughs> that, that smells like negative regression to me. So I guess the main topic here, what what we should probably get into first, because it's the the headline sort of of the news in the recent weeks is, is Dalvin Cook. So it, the last thing I read is that I think it was from Rappaport, where it was basically saying it's it's all but an inevitable or like use those adjacent words where it's like, they're going to cut Dalvin Cook percentage wise for you. When you hear that, do you, what would you say are the, li- the likely chances that he just, he remains a Viking actually? 45%. Yeah. It's, it's way too high, right? Because they said it's super likely that it'll happen, but that means it still might not happen. Uh It's a great chance of it. So, I mean, he has to test the market, right? He has to go find a team that'll, pay him more than what he's asking for and teams don't really have incentive to do so.
0: Well the the thing to me that's crazy is you start looking at, at some leagues that are doing startups right now and you know what name is creeping up? Alexander Madison. Mm-hmm. You know what name is falling? Dalvin Cook. Hmm. Interesting. I wonder when we're gonna get to the point and if we will this off offseason uh, Madison's actually going ahead of Cook.
1: That's gross.
0: Will we get to that point? I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, it's that's that's hard to say because instant news in either direction would completely float or tank that. So I don't know if there'll, there'll be enough time that eclipses for it to happen. But it's it's realistic. Like it could happen if we have another two weeks of this, of just bubbling and not knowing I could, I mean, I could definitely see it. That scares me, man. I don't know if I'm there with Alex Madison. I I, like he's had games. And I think that's what sticks in people's minds and is like, you know, the two touchdown for a hundred yard games that he has. That's, that's cool. Uh, But he's like a backup running back and they do that. Like I've seen so many games where there's an injury in like the first quarter or whatever, or the the guy is declared out like right at the start of the game and the backup comes in and has a phenomenal game. I've seen way too many of those and then they're never anything again or they have another game a year later. Like I just, it's kind of like backup QB, right? In a way where they're not game planning for that guy. So he does better and maybe he's got that dog in him that game or whatever, but it's it shouldn't be indicative of his overall ability. Do I think he's a third down back? I don't, know. maybe. I don't know if he's going to be a great one. He's not going to be Dalvin Cook.
0: I mean, we'll see. The Vikings seem to think that he's got something.
1: Is there going to, so are we going to, have we reached the point, do you think, where you could flip Madison for a first? Not yet. Do you think we'll get there?
0: I think if there's news of Cook being cut. I think there is a potential that somebody in a league could do it.
1: Do you make that deal if it gets offered to you? If you have
0: Madison? 100%. If I can get a Just a random 24. Look, I'll, I'll even narrow it down to a playoff 24 first. Like if you told me that I was getting a playoff 24 first for Alexander Madison, I would say here have Alexander Madison,
1: go for it. That sounds delicious. That sounds like a scoop of vanilla ice cream on a hot summer day. That's a, that sounds amazing. Uh, getting a first from Madison who would have thunk it. Okay. Oh, uh, that, that, that's, that's very interesting. Okay. Well, here's here moving on here a little bit. Uh, because I don't know if I've gotten your full take on Jordan Addison and just like how you view him in the Vikings offense. Uh, they're, they love to pass, right? That's what we've established. They are a pass, 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 happy offense. Uh, obviously JJF will be the center of attention TJ Hawkinson will also be a threat, as he demonstrated last year after he got traded. But I mean, Jordan Addison better than KJ Osborne probably.
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's a non non question for me. <laughs> okay. Yes, he he is a <laughs> little bit Even of softball as a as a, as a rookie.
1: <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, and KJ Osborne was also like, you know, he didn't have any splash to him really, but he had some games and. Uh, was was kind of valuable in the desperation situation. Uh, but Addison is better, as we've both established and confirmed. Does this edge? Do you still have like kind of an established rookie wide receiver ranking of like a top three?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's still J S N then Q J then Addison,
1: and you don't see Addison moving up beyond that.
0: I personally don't. I mean, I, the the potential of Q J with Herbert to me is just too high. To, to pass up
1: i've started to i've I've started to acquiesce and i've, I've taken some qj even with my reluctance of just like uh it, it pains me because i feel like I, I i could see into the future with kj and i just i don't like what i see i could totally be wrong but i just ah it's, it hurts my stomach to do it but i've taken it in a couple leagues and he does fit right in there like right in that flex spot you do look at it and you go all right. I kind of I kind of like this a little bit. But getting back to the Vikings, TJ Hawkinson speaking of, so speak and also speaking of top threes, established top three tight ends, right? Is Kelsey Andrews Pitts.
0: Okay, yeah. For for Dynasty, I mean so Dynasty is so hard right now because people are looking at Kelsey and saying it's a one or two-year play. People are looking at Pitts saying Cool, I can draft him and not have to worry for 10 years. Okay, we'll push back. How many leagues are you actually in that have been around for 10 years? So just everybody needs to keep that in mind when they're looking at Kyle Pitts. I still think it's Kelsey, Pitts, Andrews. Okay, Personally, I think that's, that's the three. And then I think very close behind that is Hawkinson, and then there's a gap, and then there's Kittle.
1: Okay, yeah, I th- that was essentially my question: is the likelihood or chances or if TJ Hawkinson had turned the top three into a top four for you yet?
0: Yeah, I I think he has. Um, I think he's very clearly the fourth in that grouping right now. Um, I mean, we've seen Mark Andrews have a 150 target season. We've had we've seen Travis Kelsey have multiple hundred and thirty plus target seasons. Like those are the kind of numbers that I need to see out of a tight end to really be able to say, okay, like this is it. And we see Hawkinson last year have 129 targets. I mean, that's that's a huge season. If he can produce just a little bit more on top of that. And say he has one hundred and forty targets this season, which should be realistic considering Adam Thielen had over a hundred targets last year.
1: Yeah, I, I, that that's a great point actually. That that frees up a lot. I do think like, I mean, Jordan Addison coming in there, it it almost did seem like, Hawkinson had those like funnel games, right, where it just became, I I just remember seeing like, oh. Hawkinson reception, Hawkinson reception, like over and over and over again in the same games, kind of chained together. Asin comes in there. I mean, I think that frees up the offense to do more than than have to rely on TJ. But you know, in the inverse, it could also free either guy up uh, from attention. So I guess it'll be interesting to see how that all unfolds. But offense should be pretty pretty clicking with with all thro- three of those guys. Dalvin Cook being missing. I mean, despite that, still probably going to be probably going to be the top team in this division, even though I think the Lions have like a real shot at dislodging that.
0: OK, on the on the Hawkins thing, think back to, you know, week 16, week 17, where he had 16 targets and 12 targets (laughs) just going with what you said, Corey. That's what I'm saying. Yeah.
1: 16 targets.
0: Sixteen targets oh in God. a game, and That's and wild. you think about you think about that. Okay, if you're Jordan Addison, if you're double covered or bracket covered ever during the entire season, that defensive coordinator needs to have his head checked because you're going to have Hawkinson over the middle, who should be holding the linebackers. So it should open up quick slants. It should open up easy passes to be able to get in Addison's hands and let him be able to go. You know, you should be able to just kind of quick feed him the ball. Having just Justin Jefferson, obviously having double coverage, bracket coverage, you would expect. Obviously, you're not going to be able to do that on every single, every single play because defensive scheme doesn't allow that. But then you have Hawkinson over the middle, and then you have Addison on the opposite side, which leads me to Kirk Cousins, and me making the acclamation that I think Kirk Cousins is going to this year, obviously not dynasty long term, but this year, I think he is going to have a top six season.
1: Wow. Nice. Okay. That's how far, how far into that top six?
0: I think he's <laughs> going to be four, four or five.
1: Okay. Wow. Nice. Nice. I like it. That's a, that's a good spicy take. Who needs Eric? You, you got some spice coming in here. All right. All right. I dig it. Um, Well, okay. Well, that's actually a good segue into a question I had on here. If, if that happens uh, you know, dynasty, obviously that's great, but that would translate I think into a pretty successful season overall uh, for Kirk cousins, but there's been some speculation, right. Of Kirk cousins, how long he's going to be a Viking um there's a very real chance that he could be moved uh in in like as soon as the next season so my first question is do you think he gets moved if he has that kind of season that you're describing where it puts him in the conversation of the top five dynasty qbs
0: you mean top five from a points standpoint yes yeah yeah, yeah. just just clarifying here you know so I think there is something funky uh, about the void years in his contract. I don't remember exactly how it works, um, but there's something funky. I know he has a bunch of void years at the end of his contract right now. Um, I don't know if that prohibits them from signing an extension or something until the off season, and he's officially a free agent. Um, I'd have to to look more into that contract um, exactly to to fully understand that. But, I mean, we're talking about a quarterback that's going to be 36. We have multiple Kiwis that are still left that are in that age. I mean, we've had multiple Kiwis that have played a significant amount. And on top of it, you always look at Kirk Cousins and you say that this is the guy that continuously gets two-year contracts. That's so true. (laughs) Two, three-year contracts. And it's just like, that's been his entire career. It's been, oh, we're going to extend you, but it's only for two years. Oh, we're going to get two-year contract contract cousins. Yeah, but I mean, he makes a killing. I mean, heck, it's it's a good life, you know. (laughs) Average average salary thirty-five million dollars a year. All right. Yeah, he's he's doing okay. Fully guaranteed contracts. But yeah, I think the the offense is very conducive. I think the turmoil of the question whether Dalvin Cook is going to be there is conducive as well. I think the offensive line is middle of the pack. And if Madison's taking over, well, who's going to be the backup? So, okay, let's let's bring that up. From a Dynasty standpoint, do you have any interest in going and getting a Ty Chandler or a Dwayne McBride to have the backup in case Madison gets hurt, assuming that Dalvin Cook is all but gone?
1: I kind of like McBride a little bit. You know, I think that might be the guy. But is that guy worth rostering? That's that's
0: the question. I don't know, Izzy. That that's exactly. I mean, that's the big question. It's it's the handcuff question that you always end up having. And in my opinion, the handcuffs are either the elite backup running back or the offenses that have a very heavy run load. That if something were to happen to the starter, now all of a sudden you're going to start to to look at okay, who's the backup on this team? and will they get a bunch of bunch of carries if something had happened
1: yeah i mean i don't think you can with that argument you can't really justify liking either of these guys because we've already established this is going to be a pass heavy offense and and limited running their o-line is mid uh maybe lower mid and these guys aren't anything like elite or elite adjacent like i i no i don't think you I don't think you want this running back back. Like, I don't think you want this backfield at all. Like, not really. I think Madison, you're waiting for that like tippy top stock price where you feel like you could uh, dude, yeah. If you can get that that first for him, then you've won. Like you've you've absolutely won. But if someone wants to come buy him from me for like two seconds, I might entertain that. Um, I, I might very well do that.
0: Yeah, the, the Vikings were a bottom ten team in rush attempts last year.
1: Yeah, I mean they were playing from behind a lot too because they would get into those like crazy 0 to 38 games and then somehow come back and win.
0: Yeah, that that they would.
1: Okay, well actually kind of going back a bit because my question was technically a two-part it still involves Kirk Cousins. So say Kirk Cousins say Kirk Cousins is because of these like weird void years he is shipped out. And the Vikings do have to acquire a quarterback, and that comes into question. Like we're at a point where we don't know who the Vikings' quarterback is going to be. Justin Jefferson is still a top two, top three wide receiver for you.
0: Oh yeah, I mean he could have Colt McCoy throwing him the ball, and he's <laughs> still a top. <laughs> he's still a top three quarterback or <laughs> it's still
1: top three wide receiver. Okay. For me. <laughs> okay. All right. Does to make sure? Is he? Is he your number one currently? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Number one. In, number one in dynasty. Yep.
1: Got you. I think I'm there with you. You know, obviously, it does a flip flop between the two uh, with Chase there.
0: My my biggest pushback on on Chase is the fact that they have better pass catchers around him. They have T. Higgins, who's going to be pulling targets. They have Tyler Boyd, who's going to be pulling targets. Like it's it's an offense that isn't just funneled through them. I mean, Justin Jefferson had 184 targets last year. Um, <sighs> what?
1: Oh, man okay well i think as long as you're okay with it i would just there's this one rookie draft and i want to get your your opinion on on how i did here are we doing this on the pod or are we just doing this separately well we'll see we'll see how it goes if you give me a good reaction where you like it a lot and you say i did a good job then it'll go on the pod if you say that i really fucked this up then it won't go on the pod you know yeah, how this fair works
0: yeah, yeah, yeah okay okay
1: so uh, my my draft was all over the place. I traded a bunch of different picks during the season, and so I had uh, the 106 and 107, and I managed to grab CJ Stroud and Quinton Johnston, 106, 107. Uh, Jackson. DJ fell to 106. He fell to 106. Yep, he sure That's did. Silly. It went Bijan, Richardson, Gibbs, Young, JSN, Stroud. So I, I scooped up Stroud because, he, of course, and then I fought against my inner self to grab QJ uh, at 107. I think I think it was pretty good. Uh, 112, I got Devon A-Chain. Uh, 227, I got Roshan Johnson. 32, I got Michael Mayer in Titan Premium. Uh, and then I followed that up with... Zach Evans, and Clayton Toon are my last two picks deep in the fifth round. Okay. So I, I think you've already hinted that you liked, you liked the 106 guy with CJ Shroud. I didn't mess that up. Oh, yeah, very much so.
0: I mean, that that's like slam dunk type pick right there, in my opinion. Yep. QJ, like, I I just have been absolutely hating the 107, 108 slots it this sucks, year. sucks, dude. It sucks. Like, The 108, 107, the 107, 108 slots, and then the, like, 11, 12 slots. I've just absolutely been hating this year.
1: I've been trying to flip out of those really hard. There's so little interest. There's such dead spots.
0: Man, at least the 9 and 10 spots, like, I feel like there's some hope for them. Like, there's some hope that one of the three wide receivers ends up falling. Yeah. There's hope that somebody's going to want to come up for one of the tight ends.
1: And that way you can move the pick. Yeah, Dalton Kincaid actually comes a two-two in this draft. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I I don't know. I have a really hard time taking Charbonnet right now. Tell me about it, dude. And I and I want him because I'm a Seahawks fan, so he's my boy. But dynasty wise, he's he's
0: he's great. He's great for the Seahawks. I mean, fantastic. Absolutely. yeah. Go Seahawks. I mean, a two-headed backfield of two fantastic backs. Like, that's awesome. Good on him.
1: I I, yeah. I struggled to do this again, but I don't know if you listened to the last week's episode, but I'm pretty sure we ended it with Pete Carroll ru- ruins everything. <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. And I struggled to not end it in the same way.
0: <laughs> yeah, Pete Carroll ruins everything. <laughs> But, yeah, going back on it, I think Michael Mayer actually has a pretty good shot to win that starting tight end job. I mean, he's competing with freaking Austin Hooper and O.J. Howard.
1: Right. Doesn't he feel like the safest tight end somehow in the class? He he, he feels like the safest tight end. Right. Okay. I'm glad I'm not crazy. Yeah, I mean, getting him 3-2, I felt like, was was such a slam dunk. Like, after, you know, obviously the big two here, but still, like, late enough where... Yeah, I feel You're good three. about that. Uh, the three-two.
0: You got Michael Mayer in
1: the three-two and a three, yeah, yeah. Uh, Don Dude. Kincaid went two-one, and Sam Laporta went two-six, and Michael Mayer dropped into the third round. It's like I guess people are getting a little spooked about the Jimmy G thing or something. I have no idea. He's still. He was the number one guy before the draft. Like, a couple draft spots for a tight end don't really concern me.
0: Yeah, um, I'm not okay.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I'm not okay either.
0: Yeah, not okay with that. (laughs) But the the Devon A. chain pick, you know, I think that's going to be very interesting because I want to see how he ends up being being used yeah like i have no idea how that's actually going to play out but what i do know is this is his first off season that he doesn't have to train for college track which means he can actually put on muscle and keep muscle he doesn't have to Mm. drop it for track season Mm. because he was dropping like 25 pounds 20 25 pounds for track season to be able to get down to like The 167 170
1: range. Oh, yeah. Let's put on some meat. Let's say, I mean, who who are we really competing with here?
0: So, yeah, I mean, if he can actually take football and take the NFL conditioning and training programs and the meal plan and be able to bulk to like 192 194 like, if you told me Devon A. Chain was 194 going into the season and retained his speed, I would be absolutely ecstatic.
1: I, that hey, here's hoping, man. Yeah, I I like that. Um, I definitely want to see him put some meat on those bones and and increase that that durability. Uh, Because if he can, man, dude's fast and he's going to a backfield that he could certainly win. Like, it's not that, it's not that difficult. I know like most dirt is fast, but he's also 30 and gets injured a lot. So you can't bank on him necessarily and then you have literally the definition of an rb2 in jeff wilson like he he is the back his name should be his middle name should be backup running back it should be jeff backup running back wilson
0: it's just like in madden where you just change your name of the player you (laughs) just change his name to backup running back
1: yeah he is he's he's a good one he does he does it and he does it perfectly average just like a backup running back should do And and I just, I can't wait for a guy that, I mean, like you said, if he could pack up some pounds and, and with his speed, that could be a home run.
0: Making our way downtown.